Welcome again our very, very good friend, Brother Keith Hershey, as he comes. Bless you, my brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all having a good day? Praise the Lord. I told Pastor Mark uh, after his declaration this morning at the end of the second service about the Green Bay Packers, I could tell he fell asleep this afternoon because his intercession began to wane. And a disaster occurred. Anyway, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you're loved? Aren't you glad you're redeemed? Aren't you glad you're bought with a price? Aren't you glad it's a done deal? Aren't you glad God doesn't see you for you? He doesn't see you according to your flesh. That ought to put a smile on your face. He sees you according to your redeemed innocence. You are in Christ. And I tell you what, the imagery of that makes my heart happy every day and every night. And I tell you, the thrill of the love of the Father in my little life is transforming me. It's making me less grumpy the older I get. It's making me more thrilled to share with other people and see them not according to their flesh either. But to see them according to the finished work of the cross. That's why what I shared this morning thrills my heart. That really is our conference message, my conference theme. In fact, I don't know. Oh, we need to dismiss the kids? Well, I'm afraid if I dismiss some of the kids, some of the adults will go. No, anyway, praise the Lord. Hey, kids. Uh, go uh, to your classes if you would like. Praise the Lord. All the young kids, all you that are kids at heart, you can stay. <laughs> Praise, <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, that's fine. But anyway, do we have that uh, image of the purchased conference uh, thing? Is that up there? There it is. Good. Anyway, this week is our uh, annual missions conference, and so it's going to be at the New Life Center USA. I was telling Pastor Brenda... Uh, about the video that was just done like two days ago. My son Justin uh, did that, and then the one that we showed this morning, you all are the first ones to see it. I saw it about three days ago. So Justin just did those this week. And, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, this is the verse God put in my spirit. Revelation 5, 9, they sang a new song. This is the imagery of heaven. Revelation 4 and 5. This is the, the angels, the elders surrounding the throne. This is declarations. And this is what they, what they saw in the Lamb. You are worthy for you were slain and you have purchased us to God. You have purchased us to God by your blood. The currency of the kingdom is the blood of the Lamb. And your faith is just the, the ability God gives you to see yourself in Christ and take your place there accepted and redeemed. As a new creation. Out of every tribe, out of every tongue, and people, and nation. I love this because it's so inclusive. In other words, everyone, everywhere is included. This is why I always tell people every time I come here and every time I preach around the world that whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, God loves you completely. And there's no disappointment in the Father concerning you. That's hard for your mind to wrap around because you live disappointed with you. You live disappointed with those around you. So do I, right? And so we have to see it by faith, not from our natural worldview according to the flesh, but from the worldview God has seen us 
through Christ. We need different optics. We need to change our worldview, and we need to see ourselves purchased. It's a done deal. And like I taught this morning, by the way, precious friends, those of you who missed the first service or the second service, I encourage you, do whatever you can to secure the teaching, whether online or the CD or whatever, uh, and because you need that to really understand the other things I'm going to share tonight. But go over it again and again and again, and let your heart be thrilled with the revelation that it's a done deal. There's no more payments to be made. There's no more pain from you to do, to do, to do, to do. There's no more do, do, and bow. There's, there's, there's nothing but the love of the Lamb that secured you eternally. And uh, the beautiful thing is to believe it, to receive it. And I told you this morning the three ways you understand that you have been purchased is you've been signed, you have been sealed, and you have been delivered. That's what God did for you in Christ. You were signed by the blood of Jesus. And we could go through a whole host of teachings for a couple of weeks just on the blood of the Lamb. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We could go through a couple of weeks of teachings just on the revelation of Christ in us and the life of the Spirit. But you are signed, you are sealed, and you are delivered. Now, you may not live delivered. You may think you need to be delivered. But from God's perspective of you, you are delivered. You have been delivered from this present evil world. And when you sign something, you, you, it's sealed and it's delivered to you. It's in your hands, in your authority. And I want you to know you are in God's hands. And he's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you because he's a loving father. And when you're astonished with the revelation of the love of the father, and you can believe that you're purchased, and you stop Start taking yourself out of the equation to keep on paying and pay more and more to satisfy your flesh. When you take yourself out of the equation and rest in his absolutely overwhelming love for you, everything about your life will be transformed into the very image of who Jesus is. And this is the way I find that in my life I can make advancements. Remember, I kind of was joking with you this morning about everybody making their New Year's resolutions and trying to better themselves, and all these things can be healthy, but they can be harmful if it's all based on self-sufficiency. That's why you have to start where it was finished. And you always go to the cross where Jesus said it's a done deal. It's finished. Now you put yourself in the equation of his love for you, and then have every initiative of your life for betterment in your life, for increase in your life. Have every initiative that you cooperate with the life of the Spirit leading you, starting from the worldview of a finished position. Otherwise, you're always striving, you're always craving, and you're always ticked off. You know what I mean? You're always, you're always angry and frustrated with yourself and everybody else. And this is why it's really, really important to understand. It's a done deal. It's finished. And this is why I love to share uh, the message to the nations of the world. And that's why we keep on keeping on. I told you, you know, the conclusion of the matter. And this is where I finished this morning. The conclusion of the matter in Revelation 5 in the imagery of, of uh, the Lamb of God that he's purchased us by his blood. They said all kinds of wonderful things and tried to sing songs. But the conclusion of the matter is they couldn't speak anymore. And they fell down. They fell down prostrate. They bowed their head. And in verse 14 of Revelation chapter 5, all they could say is amen. All they could say amen. I tell people sometimes it's just best to sit down, shut up, 
and just look to the cross and just say, you've got to be kidding me. Amen. Because you're never going to figure it out in your head. And the more you try, the more it will give you a headache. And eventually it will give you a heartache because you'll always try to keep yourself in the equation and put yourself on that payment plan that is unending. But if you can simply sit down and behold the work of the Lamb of God and simply say, Amen. Amen is enough. I tell people, Amen can be the highest form of faith. Amen simply means you've cooperated with what God has done in Christ and you say, so be it unto me. You can't figure out the reality of how it actually works because it's a mystery. The mystery of God's love is is unending. And thank God we can learn of the love of Christ for us, but it keeps growing and unfolding day in and day out. And that's why my confidence these days has nothing to do with me. Nothing. It has everything to do with beholding and just having the nerve to say amen. Amen. He's working. Amen. He's doing it all. If you can believe that, give the Lord a shout. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Amen. It's the good news. I told you here this uh, 10 days ago or so, Andre Crouch passed away. And this is kind of where we concluded. I was excited about some of his lyrics and his songs through the years. And his, uh, his church was like two minutes away from the New Life Center. The video you saw, his two minutes away from there. And, but he wrote that song, you know. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. For God has spoken. Let the church say amen. And it's just a simple chorus that actually if you get it in your spirit, you can sing it as you've got your head on the pillow. It can flow through your mind. Because sometimes you can't figure out your life. You can't understand the points of pain. You don't understand why this happened and that happened and why this person freaked out on you and that person freaked out on you and why you went haywire in this situation and you act like a, you know, raving maniac in the other situation. You know what you do? You, you just lay down, put your head, you trust the Lamb of God and say amen. You keep looking to Jesus when you fail. You keep looking to Jesus when you fall. And you keep looking to Jesus and seeing others through Jesus when they fail you. Otherwise, you'll get very condescending, very judgmental, very angry, and very haughty, too. It's better just to yield and be humble to the love of the Father and know that he's got you. How many of you were here this morning? Would you raise your hand? Praise the Lord. Most of you. How many of you were not here? Praise the Lord. Quite a few of you as well. So get the CD. Uh, they have it out there. or You can steal it, whatever. It's there in the... It's in the I think they provide them free or something. Praise I'm just playing with you as you know. Praise the Lord. So we can shout for joy. This is our response to the mystery of the cross, the mystery of God's love and acceptance for us, the mystery that we have been purchased by God. It's a done deal for everyone, everywhere. Just say amen to it. That's all you got to do. Religion, like I said, they want you to sign up for payments to make you still think you bought something. Like buying the car, buying the house, buying the whatever. And you don't make payments, somebody comes and takes away what you thought you purchased. Because you truly don't own it. And we take that worldview, that's a merit-based worldview, into our relationship with the Father. And the new covenant has nothing to do with your merit. Nothing. It has to do with the merit of one, Jesus Christ. 
And that's the beauty of the love of the Lamb. So uh, when you just say amen, you put yourself in a place really for God to intervene and do something really, really thrilling for you. Religion always just says do it. Just do it. Just do it. Your relationship with God in Christ by the blood of the Lamb, you just say amen. Now, you can either just do it, or you can just say amen. The older I get, you know what I'm yielding to in my, the pendulum of my life? Because in my life, I was always a do it. I was always just do it, do it. And I would justify a lot of the things and try to make things happen and all these kind of things. And I understand the corresponding actions and all the working of the word and being a doer of the word and not a hearing only these things. And I'm, what I'm saying is don't do it for your qualification. Do your, do your work in a response. See, Paul said, I labor more abundantly by the grace of God. See, it's from, the, it's from the position of the revelation of being purchased. And we talked about that even this morning, that when we are purchased by God, when we know we're bought with a price, now we can glorify God. In our, in our body or in our flesh in our, and in our spirit, which are God's. So you always are do, doing your corresponding actions from the position of your redeemed position. And uh, um, so religion is self-serving based on your sufficiency. Your relationship is his sufficiency. And it's just a cooperation with what he's done and just saying amen. So just do it or just say amen. I, I, I was telling you, the older I get in the pendulum swings of life, I'm, 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 I'm Keith is coming over to the place that I, I, have, I have no other option in some situations in my life but just to say amen. That's the only way I can step in to what God has for me with peace in my heart. Because I tell you what, if it's up to this boy, we are going down. I can't fix it. You, you, don't, you don't understand sometimes the pain when you work in nations... It's overwhelming. I can't fix nothing. And sometimes I get so frustrated. So I've just come to the place and either bow my head or lay on my bed or lay on my back and say, God, have mercy. Amen. Amen. I believe you. I receive of your love. You show me how to move. You show me what to do and you give me the strength to do it because I can't do it in self-sufficiency any longer when you come to that place you're happy when you come to that place your heart's tender when you come to that place you have no more self-sufficiency or arrogance when you come to that place You extend mercy in not judgment. I'm crying better than you're shouting. <laughs> so the gospel of Jesus Christ is just to say amen. The gospel of Jesus is not about you. The gospel of Jesus is not the old system. The gospel of Jesus is just say amen. Paul said in the book of Galatians, if you preach any other gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
let him be a curse. You know what that simply means? You're on your own. You're on self-sufficiency. You're on a just-do-it personal payment program to try to satisfy your conscience. No wonder people live with such condemnation and guilt and shame because they don't believe they're purchased. That's why I believe with all my heart we've got to teach people. That's why I'm excited. You're, you're uh, you know, the first place I've been able to really unfold this. This, this, this uh, beautiful view of the Father's love. Now, you can't understand your purchase if you see the Father from your point of view. The only way you can really understand your purchased is to see the Father through Christ. Otherwise, you'll misinterpret who God is. And if you don't understand that God sees you through Jesus, you'll always think God's got something on you. You see the Father through Christ, and the Father sees you through Christ. And so the key to understanding that you're purchased where you can walk in the liberty and the freedom of it so you're not making any more payments that are bringing you bondage and distorting your worldview of who the Father is, is you've got to understand the view that God sees you in and your view that you see Him in. It's all in Christ. See, everything collides at the cross. At the cross, you get a view of who the Father is. At the cross, the Father gets the view of who you are. It's all seen in Christ. See, a lot of people have a worldview that God's kind of a manipulator, that he's offensive, that he's angry, that he's condemning, that he's judgmental, that he wants to just beat the living daylights out of you. That's a lot of people's worldview. Ask people on the streets. Ask people in churches. That's why people are on personal payment plans. They have a fear of death. You know why? They're not developed in the love of God. The love of God delivers you from the fear of death because the fear of death has, has pain to it. See, most people think God's view of us, he sees us according to our flesh. So he sees us as sinful. He sees us condemned. He sees us unholy. He sees us as losers. Well, if he saw me according to the flesh, that would be correct. But he doesn't see me according to my flesh. He sees me according to the cross. My view of God can't be that he's angry at me because I see God now through the lens of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and through the work of the cross. You know, recently Heidi went to get her eyes tested. She was complaining for a few weeks that she couldn't see very well, and I, I could tell because she wasn't complimenting me on how good-looking I was. And so she went to Costco... To the eye doctor. And for 65 bucks at Costco, the eye doctor said, your prescription's so old, it needs to be upgraded. And so she bought these glasses or whatever. She put them on. She came home. She said, my, 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 I never knew what I really married. Hallelujah. You, you are magnificent. She, she had a different view. You see, that's what happens. And I'm just playing games with you, but... Um, what, what happens a lot of times, see, people's whole relational component with God changes when they can believe that God doesn't see them for themselves. It lets you see, you've got to be kidding me. He sees you in Christ through the lens of the Lamb.
And now your view of the Father isn't based on you like qualifying and making payments. Dear God, I hope I'm doing enough, doing enough, doing enough, more, 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 fasting, fast, praying harder, praying harder. No, thank God. My view now is through the lens of the Lamb. And now Jesus is the perfect picture of the Father. Jesus said any view of the Father apart from Him was incorrect. It was idle or idolatry. Jesus, I'm preaching good now. Jesus said, no one knows the Father except the Son. And to those to whom He reveals Him to. So every view apart from Jesus Christ of the Father is skewed. It's incorrect. Our view of God is seen and understood and revealed in Jesus Christ. Look at it says in John. Now I'm going to go through some text here. Maybe they'll put the verses on the screen. Otherwise write them down or go, go in your Bible with me. John's Gospel chapter 14 verse 7 through 11 says this. If you had known me, Jesus said, you have known my Father. See, the way you know the Father is in Christ. From now on you know him and have seen him. See, the perfect picture of the Father is the Son. Philip answered and said, Lord, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you... I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. The best way for you to understand that you're purchased is to make sure your worldview of God is correct. Because if you have a worldview, which a lot of people have, of God that's incorrect, it's based on certain concepts and passages and everything... That's not filtered through the lens of the Lamb. And any time you try to have an opinion of who your father is apart from redemption, you're going to see something wrong. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to put pressure on you to pay. And that's what religion does. Religion will make people pay and pay and pay and pay some more. But if you change your worldview of who your father is by understanding the son... Jesus is the perfect picture. Look at it. It says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, it says this. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, Jesus said. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. Now think about that. Is that true? Jesus said no one knows the Father except the Son. That means all the prophets, all the forerunners of Jesus who were painting a picture, even through their declarations and, and, and the prophecies, they had a vague view, really a vague understanding of who the Father is. It wasn't crystal clear until Jesus came. No one knows the Father except the Son, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Jesus is the perfect picture. Now, if, if you now get out of your worldview from yourself trying to understand the Father and move into Christ and see God, through, God the Father through the lens of the Lamb, the one who purchased you, now it's like having spiritual opti optics and you see clearly now. You see differently. And now you can have peace. You know what the very next verse says? Look at verse 28. It's a verse you know by heart. Come to me. All you who labor, all of you who are making payments, 
to qualify. All of you who are laboring, all of you are heavy laden. You know what's a burden in life? Making spiritual payments. What a drag. It, it consumed my mind for years. And I was a nice guy. But I had the wrong view of the Father. Because I was making calculations on all kinds of things having to do with me and not the Lamb. The purchase price is not something I give. It's not my faith. It's not my obedience. It's not my trust. It's the blood. That's what it said in Revelation. We are purchased by the blood. My faith allows me to cooperate and bring it into my life. My obedience, you know, allows me to live out the reality of his life in me. And all these things are important. But it's done from the calculation in of being in Christ, not trying to get into Christ. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. But in order to come comfortably, you have to have the right view. Colossians 1.15 says it this way. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the perfect picture. Hebrews 1.3 says it this way. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Think of that. The exact representation of his being. Every other calculation of who God is is distorted. It has a wrong view. 1 John 5, 20 and 21 says it this way. And we know the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. Who? Who's the true God? Jesus is the true God, the perfect picture of the Father and eternal life. Notice eternal life is the lamb. Little children, then keep yourself from idols. Notice how he finishes the whole book, and it's all about idolatry. It's all about having a view of God that's not through and filtered and understood in the lamb or in Christ. He calls it idolatry. And this is why if you have a view of God that he's angry and going to get you, and, you know, well, I mean, you can sign up for it if you want. You're going to be making payments for a long, long time. But you know the peace point for me to come unto Jesus is because I understand the view of the fathers in the, in, in the Lamb. Everything else is an idol. So Jesus is the perfect picture of God. Every other opposing view of God apart from Christ is blurred. It's skewed. In essence, it is an idol. Because it's wrong. God's... Our view of God is in Christ... And now, let's look at it this way. God's view of us is in Christ. Now, let me just show you from the scripture about this. This this is how you can really understand your purchase. Remember, I I taught you this morning, you're signed, you're sealed, you are delivered. It's the work of the Lamb. But now, God's view of us, you don't have to be afraid that it's based on you. Because that will never look good, even on your best day. I always tell people, if this is a qualifying game, uh, I'm disqualified. Completely. I'm disqualified on my best day. I mean, on the day when I'm preaching good, even like today. I'm disqualified if it has got anything to do with me. I'm completely out of the equation. 
So God's view of us is seen in Christ. Look, it says Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Notice your blessings always in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The love of the Father, when you accept your position in the Lamb, makes you blameless and holy. Jesus now is your righteousness. Jesus is your sanctification. In the love of the Father, you have everything. Verse 5, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So God sees us not based on us. God sees us based on the beloved, the one who purchased us. Verse 7, it goes on to say, in him we have redemption. We have it already. Redeem means to buy back. In him we have been purchased through the blood. Again, the currency. We read that verse this morning. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace. The unmerited system that operates the kingdom. Not the merit system that operates our world. We're so addicted to merit-based living, even in our relationships and in our marriages. I mean, people... Don't do nothing. People or our kids or whatever. Everything's merit-based. No wonder everybody's grumpy in playing games, in controlling, in manipulating. It's merit-based. The kingdom is not merit-based. It's an unmerited-based system through the grace of God, which the Bible calls riches. It's the riches of His grace. Verse Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Jesus Christ. See, you are purchased. From God's point of view of you, in the Lamb, you are purchased. Who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Redemption, again, to, to be purchased, to be bought, to, to buy back. You are redeemed. God's view of you is it's a done deal. He's not going to do any more. It's, it's an eternal redemption. It's, it's once and for all, for all kind, for, for, for all time. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says it this way. If you were seat, or raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died. See, you're safe in the death of Jesus because you died with him. From God's point of view, we all died in Christ. We were all buried with Christ. We are all raised with Christ. You've got to come to the place to believe it and say, Amen to it. And when that happens, then the revelation of the new creation and you being born again and being transformed and living out the reality of, you know, the truth of your redemption and your freedom in Christ begins to unfold and manifest. And it's beautiful. It's liberating. It's awesome. You died. Your life is hid with Christ in God. That's why you're secured. You're secured by just the amen moment where you move from yourself to himself. You get out of your sufficiency to the sufficiency of him. So now God sees you in the lamb. You see the father through the blood. You have the world, you have the perfect picture of the Lamb, and you, now you understand your Father is very loving. He got nothing on you. 
Hallelujah. You know, I like this uh, passage when Peter had that vision in Acts 10. I always tell people because I saw one theologian said that Acts 2 when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost after he was filled with the Spirit with 120 or so others. And he preached Jesus and everybody said amen to it out there. About 3,000 of them or so. They said, man, it sounds good to me. Count me in. Amen to that. Huh? And they received the forgiveness of sins, which was done at the cross just a few weeks prior, right? So they received the forgiveness of sin. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were signed. They were, sealed. They were delivered just by the transaction of saying, amen. I want, I, I want in on it. Kind of cool. And then, then, but Peter still, his worldview of God wasn't through Christ. Because he still was so addicted to the way of Moses. Or the first covenant. And so he was so addicted to the old system, he didn't know how to slip into the, the blood covenant of the lamb system. The new covenant. And so God was trying to show him everybody everywhere has been purchased and Peter couldn't get it while he was conscious. So God said, okay, dude, I'll make you unconscious. You know God will communicate with you whether you're conscious or unconscious. And he sedated him. Huh? It's true. This is a biblical story I'm telling you. In Acts 10, Peter went to the rooftop to pray. He was waiting for something to eat. Huh? He was hungry, but he fell into a trance. God took him from a conscious position to an unconscious position. That's why I believe when God deals with people in dreams, those of us when we're in the Middle East hear great stories about all these Muslim people in all these countries coming to the life center. They tell these crazy stories about an angel and this and that and a vision and Jesus and whatever. But it didn't happen while they're conscious. It happened while they're unconscious. That's why I no longer fear for anybody even if they're in a coma. You know what? I believe the love of God is so astonishing and so far-reaching that God Almighty knows how to connect, knows how to communicate, knows how to reveal the love of the Lamb because the Bible says it's God's will that all men should come to the knowledge of the truth. I believe God gives everybody everywhere a chance to be astonished at the love of God and somehow nod to it and say, Glory to God, it sounds good to me. And I told you the story about my grandpa who was a rascal. And at a very young age was dying and had his legs amputated and laying in this little hospital bed in Michigan. And my grandma, a godly woman, and lived with this rascal and a, just a staunch, angry man and alcoholic and had a hard life. And man, he just, he just the stories I hear of him, he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was so frustrated with religion because everything he had taught he was, had to make payments on. And he couldn't live the payment life. So at least he was authentic and said, I don't get it. And on his deathbed, in his house, my grandma told me when I went into the ministry. Because I remember going to his funeral. I was 17. 1974, maybe. And I'll never forget... Going there and people just making their judgments. Oh, bless his heart. What a rascal. Betty's in hell burning forever and ever and ever. That's what people do. People make judgments based on the flesh. Now, none of you never do that because you're so wonderful. But you know who has done that? This gospel preacher. 
And I've done it to people in other countries. I make judgments on people because I'm making judgments of people according to the flesh, not according to the cross. I've changed my whole worldview. I see everybody now through the lens of the Lamb, and I see them clean. I see them accepted. Now, here's what my, my grand, grand, granddaddy, while he was unconscious, God dealt with him. And he sat up in his chair and lifted his hands and said, Oh, ha- Oh, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he laid down. My grandma saw it. She testified to me of it. You know what I believe? I believe the love of God in Christ was so rich and so real and so strong that in an unconscious moment, my granddaddy knew how clean he was because of the lamb. And he basically, in his own words, in his own way, said amen to it. I believe he's in heaven. Now, here's the deal. In Acts 10, while Peter's unconscious, God gives him a picture of the finished work by painting a picture with unclean things and telling Peter to eat it because it violates the law. It violates the system, the payment plan of qualifying. And you know what Peter said? Not so, Lord, for I've never... You can read it all in Acts, Acts 10, 9 through 16. This is what I'm quoting from. Not 9 through 16. Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. I'm just a goody two-shoes. <laughs> and God said, Okay, bro, if you can't get it the first time around, I'm going to pass the plate again. Because this is a heavenly picnic. And I'll keep you sedated, bro. God kept him down for the count, brought the plate again, said, Rise, Peter, kill him. Not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And God would say, What I have cleansed, don't you dare call dirty. See, from God's point of view, God shows you the way he sees the world. And he sees them clean before they even accept their cleanliness. Because he doesn't see them through their flesh. He sees them according to the work of the Lamb, and He wants them to partake of His love and His life and receive salvation and the forgiveness of sins. So He uses His faith. God does. He uses His faith to see them clean. And you know what? The third time the voice came, Peter said, You know, I think I'll have a little bite of this. The finished work of Jesus. And he got up from his unconscious state to his conscious state. There was a knock at the door. And who was it? Gentiles. People who were outsiders. People Peter thought were destined for hell. And he goes with him. He's prompted to go with him to the house, Cornelius' house. And you know what he says to the guys there while they're meeting? He said, you know, it was unlawful for me, according to my religion, to even keep company with you. That's his worldview of religion in his worldview of God. Exclusive. But what Jesus did was inclusive. It brought the gospel to the Gentiles. It brought the gospel to the nations of the world. And thank God somebody had enough sense to see it so I could receive the life of God. Yeah. And you can receive the life of God. Go ahead and give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. What God has cleansed. Don't you dare call dirty. And that's what the Bible teaches. Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You can read it on your own. Beginning in verse 15. Jesus said that Je- uh, The Bible says that Jesus Christ died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. But live unto him who died for them and rose again. They got the verse right here. 
It goes always back to the cross because the view of God of you is seen in Christ. The view you have of the Father is seen in Christ. And if you're having a, a bad moment in a bad day and you did something stupid, you know, and you sinned, stop thinking God sees you just according to the frailty of your flesh and that he's disappointed with you. Take your place by faith in the lens of the Lamb and understand he sees you through the blood and the blood is ever cleansing. And you know what you do? You say, Father, boy, I really messed it up there. My flesh got completely out of control. Thank you. I'm forgiven. Thank you that you forgive me. I'm so sorry. Holy Spirit, help me so I'm not an idiot so often. That's the way you can understand and acknowledge you missed the mark. But the blood is ever cleansing. Jesus died for all that those who live should henceforth live un, not, not, not unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. It goes on to say, Wherewith uh, we know no man after the flesh. See, because of the death and the risenness of Jesus Christ, because you moved into Christ and believe your purchase, you, you no longer now see anybody according to the flesh. You see them according to the cross. That's what Paul said. He said, from now on, because of the death and risenness of Jesus Christ, no more you know anybody according to the flesh. If you know somebody according to the flesh, it will empower you with judgment. Huh? That's why, you know, a lot of people in Christendom are judgmental people. Because they're on personal payment plans. To qualify everybody. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet from now on or from henceforth we know him thus no longer according to the flesh. Then verse 17 says, you're not even to know Jesus according to the flesh. You know to know him according to the cross. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, this is the verse you know by heart. You're a new creation. See, the only way you know and understand you're a new creation is not to know yourself according to the flesh. The only way your flesh can ever believe that it's a new creation is not to know yourself according to the flesh, but know yourself according to the redeemed innocence of what Jesus did for you because you are purchased. And it's a done deal. Once and for all. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. The love of God in Christ is enough. It secures you forever and ever and ever and ever. So I tell you once again, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, you are purchased by God. It's a done deal for you. You might as well just enjoy life here and let your faith in God and the faith of God pleasure you. And satisfy you in this earth arena. And stop making the payments to qualify. Because you are pre-approved. Did you like the word tonight? Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.